Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve From How to Barbecue Wright Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Good morning, Derek. Today is, well, when you're listening to this, today will be Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. This is our last show of the year. We are taping this on Thursday. Thursday to get it out as soon as we can, or very early Friday morning, maybe even out late Thursday night. So when you are heading to your Christmas Eve, wherever you're going to go, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes or five hours, uh, you will be able to listen to us uh, in our entirety, and we'll have it out first thing in the morning. You know, Derek, they say a lot of people, most people that start a podcast can be a little narcissistic. We'll just say this is our gift to the UTW podcast listeners. As you're sitting there making uh, whatever people make, uh, what, reindeer food or some kind of stuff on Christmas Eve or whatever, getting your food ready for tomorrow, uh, you can listen to the UTW podcast. As we look back on 2021 here in the city of Fernando and maybe talk about some things coming up or some predictions that we might have for 2022 for the city of Fernando, the state, maybe the country at large. So Derek, a little chilly this morning. So uh, good to come into the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios again. And uh, Derek, I did confirm our presenting sponsor and studio sponsor uh, will continue. So that was All good right. news. Also, if you want to use this, you know, the children, I'm sure, I hope they've been really, really good this year. If they have not been good, you know, one form of uh, punishment could be to put them in the car, lock the doors, take away their uh, earphones, and make them listen to this for the next hour. You're saying use us maybe as a parenting tool yeah, parenting. or tactic. Hey, or uh, so you know, Santa Claus has been watching. Santa Claus is not happy with you, so therefore you have to listen to this for the next hour, and uh, then we'll see how you are after that. Sadly, Derek, we do. you and I, for people that know us, we could kind of resemble an elf on the shelf and Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am wearing green today. Well, you know, I do have but green you, on but today. you see what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. you're, you're kind yeah. of a smaller guy, and I've become just a big jolly thing. So <laughs> oh just, just a hot mess. But we really appreciate you listening to the UTW podcast this Christmas Eve show just a wonderful 2021 uh, we can't we couldn't do that without our sponsors definitely couldn't do it without our listeners that um, you know Derek again continue to stop us and visit with us and uh, I, I started to chuckle sometimes when I'm out my wife and I are out and about I wish people would stop and stop me and talk about something other than the show you know there are times for that but somebody that we have to absolutely thank for 2021 really really a big part of our show and a big part of our continued growth with the UTW podcast Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch or Realty Group our 2021 presenting sponsor and so appreciative about our 2022 future with Brian. Brian and Terry at Team Couch or Birch Realty Group possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They have been the number one team when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County for the last 13 years. They have thousands of closings since 2009. Look, when you have thousands of closings when it comes to residential real estate, it means you know what you're doing. It means you're doing a good job for your clients and you're learning each and every closing how to do your job better. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They are ranked as a top team in Mississippi by America's Best Real Estate Professionals magazine. They were recently voted DeSoto County's Best Realtor for the fourth 
time. They're currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. If you're interested in selling your home, reach out to Brian and Terry. They have all the analytics to best serve you when it comes to selling your home. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, what's going on in your zip code, what's going on on your street. They have all the things that can tell you the best decisions to make about your home. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Or you can do a full home search. If you're moving into the DeSoto County market, you can do a full home search at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Thank you again, Brian and Terry, for being our 2021 presenting sponsor. We look forward to a wonderful year in 2022. Definitely want to say a final Merry Christmas to the How to Barbecue Right Shop, our 2021 studio sponsor, and our 2022 studio sponsor. So appreciative of them. Thank you, Malcolm Rochelle, for believing in the UTW podcast. As you mentioned, Derek, most people are going to be listening to this on Christmas Eve. It's not too late. Get out to the How to Barbecue Right Shop, our 2021 studio sponsor. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here at 496 Whitfield Drive in Hernando. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue crawfish and all other kinds of outdoor cooking whether it's rubs sauces thermometers cast iron cutting boards knives or really cool high-end smokers you need to stop by Malcolm's shop today if you've ever seen his how to barbecue right cooking videos you need to stop by and check out the how to barbecue right shop find more info on Facebook at h2q Malcolm shop give him a call locally at 912-9947 that's 912-9947 visit his website how to bbq right com. That's howtobarbecuewright.com. But the best thing to do today, visit the How to Barbecue Right shop for the person in your life that enjoys outdoor cooking. There's no better barbecue shop in DeSoto County in the Mid-South than the How to Barbecue Right shop located right here under the water tower at 496 Whitfield Drive. Again, Merry Christmas to the How to Barbecue Right shop from the UTW podcast. Well, Derek, you and I did a little bit of calendar uh, looking. Our first show back for 2022 will be on January 4th, our Tuesday show. We'll be kicking off uh, 2022 on that January 4th, and we will have an Auburn Meeting 2 preview. But give us an update on the last and final calendar year Auburn Meeting for the city of Hernando, which happened this past Tuesday. It did happen this past Tuesday, Matt. It was ugly sweater night at the uh, Auburn Meeting. Uh, everybody, I think the mayor had on a suit, but then everybody else, uh, I guess they kind of did the old email, hey, wear, wear a Christmas sweater, and uh, they were very festive, yes. very festive up there on the board. So good to see everybody getting in on that. I don't remember them doing it last year, so I wanted to say uh, very, very nice sweaters uh, to our older women and older men. Started off the meeting, they added a couple things to the agenda. One of them I'll go ahead and get out of the way. It was done a little later. Matt, <clears throat> we've had a couple of times we've mentioned on here about us being a Tree City USA. Correct. Well, one of the uh, things that you have to do, one of the qualifications is you have to declare an Arbor Day in the calendar year. Matt, they had not done that yet. So they had decided, oh, you know what? Uh, we, we better get this in. We listened to the U2W podcast. We heard that we have to have an Arbor Day. They said, well, we need to go ahead and make it today. So they made Arbor Day. You know, everybody's Arbor Day is usually in April. The city of Hernando's Arbor Day is December 21st of 2021. No, Derek, it's actual Arbor Day is a certain date. But our, our we just went ahead and created December was the 21st. No. Yeah, so we took the shortest day of the year and we made it Arbor Day. There you go. That, shortest well, day of the year. Longest night. Hey, the, the way we've night. been treating trees the last in 2021, <laughs> that makes total sense. Uh, so anyway, so it is now Arbor Day in Hernando was declared for December 21st, 2021. To try to qualify for that Arbor Day, but man, I think it's a losing call. 
Falls. We've discussed it. Um, there have been many, many trees maimed and killed yes. in Hernando in yes. 2021. I hope I hope the committee does not – I hope it's not an in-person committee because if they ride around, we're going to keep them away from the track and keep them away from Mackinville. Yeah, just uh, stay away and then uh, maybe we'll <laughs> just take them through Conger Park instead of the right. trees. Uh, there were a couple of the final plats from the planning. Remember, this is the planning portion or the planning meeting. It uh, always happens the second Tuesday uh, in the month. And so they did get, have some planning uh, items on the agenda. The first two were basically they had to – they were recorded wrong. So one was a phase 12 that should have been phase 11. One was a phase 13 that should have been a phase 12. So that was corrected. There was a one for a Jerry White subdivision. I was kind of interested to see what that was. Obviously, it was somebody's land. Man, this is on the corner of – Mount Pleasant and Riley Street. So Riley Street is the road that goes to the elementary school, okay. and that house up on the hill. Yeah. They, those, you know, it recently sold. I think right. p- people probably saw it was for sale. It recently sold. Well, that person is dividing that one and a half acre lot into two. Okay. And so they they did do it. They did approve it. However, they because it's labeled as a subdivision, both of those houses, the the existing one plus whatever the new lot's going to be, have to have curb, gutter, and sidewalk. Good lord. So that that was uh, it was approved, but it was made put in the minutes that they have to now put a sidewalk for that one house stretch right, right. there. Yeah, let's um, put a side. Let me put a sidewalk around the corner. Yeah. So you can walk from like tree line lot to tree line lot, yeah. and then you can just stop. There's so no, I guess it no could no get sidewalk. the. It gets the runners off that little bad hill. I guess you're doing that. Other than that, yeah, it's going to be a, a two-lot sidewalk. Uh, but that was approved. The next was the appeal of the code enforcement for the parking lot. We talked about how uh, the planning commission had denied the appeal to allow just like the front of the parking lot to be asphalt and then the rest being crushed rock. The planning department had denied that, had wanted the whole thing to be asphalted. Now, this is, a, this is Delta Industries. They have a lot of large trucks. And so he was making his case now. A couple things. I thought they could have been a little uh, more harsh with him. He admitted to uh, not really getting clarification before putting Crush Rock. And he also admitted to building the building without a permit. Right. So both of these things were done. Which And I, the gentleman I, did admit that he started working for the company, Delta Industries, in January. That's right. And so one of the reasons he may actually be in his current position was because of poor management prior to him. So yeah, I agree with you a little bit. When I was listening to it, Mike could have had a little bit more of a public, uh, maybe slap on the wrist. Yeah. Like, Hey, that's not how we operate. Alderman listened to it. They, uh, Alderman Miller made a good point that, Hey, look, we've got tractors and equipment, uh, the John Deere place out 304. It has crushed gravel where its equipment sits. You know, we had the, where uncle Bubba's is now when that used to be the, uh, Kubota dealership where they parked their tractors, which was actually the lot now where Dale Wilson has his houses. That was also just crushed gravel, crushed right. rock, uh, where they parked their larger equipment. So he said, it's not, it's something that we've done before. It makes sense. They're going to be tearing up this parking lot constantly, bringing these trucks in and out. He did make a motion to override the planning commission's recommendation to allow for the crushed gravel, but to make sure that, hey, look, your regular trucks have to park on the asphalt and it has to be asphalt to wherever the parking lot is wherever the regular trucks park that has to be asphalt but everything else can be closer to the shop and that sort of thing can be crushed gravel the all the aldermen agreed it it was a a overturned unanimously next there was a real quick thing they had to do an update to their damage their uh, adoption of their flood damage prevention ordinance now that sounds very boring the one thing i got out of this because it was just something that had to be updated only 10 houses or less actually participate in the flood insurance program in Hernando. I thought that was a good stat. So only 10 or less actually buy into the government program that FEMA offers for flood insurance. So I thought that was, a you know, obviously Hernando kind of sits on high ground. We don't have a lot of flooding issues here, and so that's why that, that is the case. Uh, Compelled Church. Compelled Church was asking for the rental of the Gale Center. 
obviously, man, it makes sense if sure. you can get that kind of income and get that kind of improvement to the Gale Center that all will be left behind once the church uh, was uh, once the church leaves. That was only a couple of qualifications that um, Andrew Miller wanted to see. First of all, he wanted to clarify the time. So they're actually getting it all day. Right. Uh, they're going to get it from 6 a.m. on Sundays all the way to 11.59 p.m., uh, that is at a reduced rate of $400 a Sunday. He wanted to make sure that it was on record. A normal full-day rental is $900. Correct, yep. A nonprofit usually gets a $100 break. So this should be should have been an $800 rental plus a $75 kitchen fee. Well, the kitchen fee was waived, and then obviously they've contracted to pay $400 a month. So it is a $475 break per Sunday right. that the city is allowing the church to do to show that they support this church. And he just wanted to get that on record, which I thought was a good point. Yeah, Derek, I actually noticed at the meeting, the compelled church people spoke uh, or were there for any questions. Uh, I noticed they did leave their chainsaws in their trucks. <laughs> 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 they did not come in with their chainsaws and they left them in their trucks, but that, that's kind of a no brainer. You get weekly revenue of $400, but uh, you know, Andrew made a good point to, Hey, let's uh, in the record show that we're being very lenient on this uh, fee to the compel church. And I thought that was, you know, but again, I do joke. They had their, they were all decked out ready. I mean, they've been cutting down trees probably from early in the morning, but they left their chainsaws in the truck. I didn't notice that. Thank goodness for that. Cause we're trying to be tree city USA. <laughs> exactly. Um, two more things. To discuss and adopt a preliminary list of projects to submit to the Mississippi State Legislature for possible matching funds. This is something that the lieutenant governor wanted to see before this session started on January 2nd. And they sent the list. Now, the list was never discussed during the meeting, Matt. I reached out to our alderman and said, hey, can you send me real quickly? Because the, the mayor mentioned there's six items they're sending. Uh, the alderman looked at it, and they agreed to it. Now, there was a couple of questions. We'll get to the, those in just a moment about other two other items. And the mayor said, hey, look, we can change this at any time. Right. They want to see something we want to see. But if but based on the funds, based on timing, we're only getting half this year, half next year if they agree to do it. So we do have two years to spend this money. So, you know, let's kind of – but this is we have to present something. So here are the six things that were presented and were approved. The Jaybird water plant upgrades, we've talked about that before, to the tune of $2 million. The East Parkway water plant upgrades to the tune of 380000 The Dogwood Hollow Sewer Service, 200000 Holly Springs Road Water Line, 200000 New Elevated Water Tank and Plant on Bahalia Road. Uh, this is $3.4 million. Now, that's the water tower for Madison Lakes. Correct. So the, uh, that would be huge because obviously that is the disagreement or the, the yeah. postponement of why Madison Lakes has not yet started. If the city could go ahead and get that water tower done, then Madison Lakes would probably come pretty quickly with their proposed uh, uh, amendment to their PUD. Of course, Derek, if we, if we continue to add water towers around Hernando, it'll have to be under the Water Towers podcast. That is true. That's where we are. We'll we already have, have we'll multiple have water towers. We'll have to uh, we just named it Singular because we're speaking of the main water tower, the old water tower right there downtown. But uh, we may have to add this to it. Have like our logo could go with a three water tower shooting out like that. Like, I, I mean, how many water towers do we have? Cerberus? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing was the Green Tea Lakes sewer project. This is basically getting sewer to all everybody in the um, the country club and around Green Tea Road who have been promised it for decades now. Right. Uh, that's $2.5 million. So that makes up just over $8 million in request. The city, of course, is definitely getting four. They're hoping to get another four to match that. Now, 
Now, the real quick, Derek, remember, listeners, please understand this. This is like, I mean, no pun intended with Christmas. This is simply a wish list. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all it is. It is a, hey, we're going to sign our name. These are some projects that would be awesome to try and do and send it to Jackson. So a lot of stuff can change. Right. And there's two things that were mentioned. Andrew Miller made a point, hey, we also really need to consider the clay pipes that are the clay sewer pipes that are in downtown Hernando. Most of the old downtown has clay sewer pipes that are cracking, that are deteriorating. Those will have to be replaced. He did not want to see a sewer or a water issue downtown like Jackson, Mississippi has. Right. So he made that a point. Beth Ross made it a point that the fire station, fire station number three on Holly Springs Road, is on a septic tank, which is disgusting, uh, especially when guys are living there 24 hours a day. And she said, you know, at some point we need to tie into the sewer. We've talked about that. The mayor made, yes, that could be something that's used. The mayor did mention, uh, this is, I guess, maybe some news for some people, that there is a developer looking at the corner lot, that right. corner right there at Holly Springs and McInvale. And so if that developer that's being appraised right now, there may be something that's coming there of some sort, that developer goes ahead and, and goes through with that. Wait, is that breaking news, Derek? Or do we have breaking news on the podcast? Well, maybe breaking news. I mean, this was on the public meeting, on the public meeting that there is somebody looking looking at that as being appraised if they decide to go forward with it they would have to bring sewer to that location and then the city would just tie into their sewer which makes it a lot cheaper on the city such a nice piece of land actually yeah it's a very nice piece of land so anyway we'll see what happens with that but so he said that all this is preliminary things can be swapped out and that was the main point of this so anyway and then they uh they kind of had a discussion i don't know about two or three minutes about hey let's do what we did with the with this i think uh, natalie lynch said hey look Let's just do what we did for the roads. We put our roads in order. You know, we know that we're starting with this. We're about to knock out, you know, 10 or 12 items as soon as the asphalt plant opens back up this spring. How about we do the same thing for these projects? Let's go ahead and rank them, have them ranked, and let's be able to move those in and out once we know what the money is. So, again, uh, not, nothing really to approve. Well, they did approve for him to submit the six that he had typed up, and so that was sent down. Good deal. The last thing was the uh, a discussion and possible adoption of the um, walking improvements underneath I-55, uh, which is the Dilworth Tunnel. Uh, they had a great discussion on this, and man, it was so good that they're going to go ahead and start work on it. They went ahead, first of all, the city has already cleaned it up. They went in there, sucked out the water, cleaned out the leaves out of the drain to help it drain better. Wow. They removed the, those, if everybody knows, it's, it's now pedestrian only. They have these metal posts. Well, they lifted those out to get trucks in there to push everything out. So they've cleaned it all out for preparing, hopefully, to be able to fix it. Uh, so they started talking about it. They went ahead and had it bid out. There are two winning bids. The winning bid for the sidewalk was $6,300. This was uh, from Allen Home Services out of Evansville, Indiana. It's for a 1,200-square-foot sidewalk. Uh, that will be It's $4.25 per square foot at 4,000 PSI. So it's 4,000 pounds per square inch is what this will be. It'll be a four-inch sidewalk. It's going to be on the southernmost side. So there will be – so if you've been in the tunnel before, the, the north side already kind of has a ramp that goes up. So the south side now will have this four-inch raised sidewalk. And then so the water will be able to flow in between those, keep the drain clear. So there, there may be still water sitting in the low spot as it drains, but people will be able to walk dry on the south side. Great. And then also they bid out the lights. The winning bid for the lights was Tacoa Electric and Hernando, $5,800. This is going to be a 150-amp uh, sub-panel and a meter that will be tied to the pole on the Dilworth side, so closer to the elementary school closer to the high school excuse me there's a light pole already there they'll tie into that this will and then they'll have three lamps uh excuse me four four wall pack lamps uh hanging on the wall and that that uh, electrical line will be put underneath the sidewalk on the sidewalk and it'll have like a metal cage 
that covers the light that can sustain any kind of vandalism up to a baseball bat could be hammered on it and still the you know it, you couldn't get to the lights. So that is that was a fifty hundred dollar bid. So you're looking at about twelve thousand one hundred dollars is what it's going to take to do both things. The mayor has said is definitely go ahead and letting for the sidewalk. Now remember these were only quotes. They're under fifty thousand dollars. You don't have to get bids, just quotes. So they're going to go ahead and get with the Evansville, Indiana company. The sidewalk will start as soon as they can start. Uh, and then the mayor is going to make sure he thinks he has enough money for the lights. Go ahead and do that too. But the sidewalk will go in first if they don't have enough money because this is coming out of the regular budget, uh, the street budget's part of the public works budget. So that's where this is coming from. He knows he has $6,300. He's going to go ahead and see if he can move some things around to get to fit the other 5800 have them both done. Maybe by January fourth. Love it. I mean, this is exactly what you're supposed to do, Derek. Well, this is what Alderman. Yeah, right. This, this is, is perfect. The, this is yep. let's get this done. These kids need this. Kids walking to school. Parents don't want. You know, there's a lot of parents who won't let their kids walk through the tunnel. Let's make it safe. Make it. You know, not a bad place for kids to walk through and stuff like that. So I really, really uh, like this. So good job by the Award of Alderman on Tuesday night. Yeah, even the uh, public works director said, hey, even while we were cleaning this out, we were surprised at the number of kids that used that tunnel. Correct. I mean, just on a now it was a non-school day, so they're out of school. They're probably running back and forth having fun. He said, but it was a lot of kids that we had to basically yeah. say, hey, get back so we can do this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so it was. I think it's a very worthwhile project. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Let's make it safe for the kids to go back and forth. There's a lot of kids that walk to school. There's kids that ride their bikes all the time. I mean, if you ride under the tunnel and go ride your bike around the middle school or high school, it's a perfect place for that. I mean, it just connects from a pedestrian standpoint. It really connects the eastern side and western side uh, right there under the interstate. So good job by the Board of Aldermen. Thank you for 2021. We really appreciate your service, definitely. We're going to talk more about that in just one moment as we look back and look forward to 2022. But before we do that, Derek, uh, give us a real quick, and we've talked about lists. We've talked about the mayors, the five mayors of, of DeSoto County that got together and created a list and sent. We just talked about Hernando sending their own list. The supervisors of DeSoto County, they got together. They sent a list, not necessarily of projects, but maybe some things that they'd like to see come from the legislature in 2022. Give us that real quick. They did. Now, they've worked before with the mayors and sending their list for the, the monetary uh, items they would like to see. Now, this, though, is more of a things they would like to see, bills, uh, policies, procedures they'd like to see in place for the 2022 year going forward. There's three main things they really asked for at the, the supervisors meeting on Monday. The first one, the Board of Supervisors sided with residents and Monday asked legislators to support legislation that would give residents a voice in the matter of future annexations. Now, if you remember, the county, the supervisors, fault the city of Olive Branch for the annexation of part of their land. Now, uh, Olive Branch had wanted to annex, uh, I think, 15 square miles, a, a huge amount of land. They ended- Bas- basically, the rest of DeSoto County and into Tate County. <laughs> Olive Branch. <laughs> Olive Branch was getting ready for war. I think That's they it. actually wanted Holly Springs too. They wanted to go to Marshall I mean, it County. was like, hey, you know what? Have you been down by hell you lately? Let's take it. <laughs> so they uh, they were working on that. Now it was cut back. You know, it was uh, basically just I think a couple square miles that ended up given to them. But the the county fought against that, and they, I mean, they were listening to their constituents saying, hey, we don't want this. Correct. Like, I mean, we're way out here. Would we really see a fire truck? Would we really see a police car come by our house? Are we going to get the services they're promising? So he wants the legislature to give the voices of the residents stronger appeal yes. whenever there is something, whenever they're having to fight annexation. So that's something they want to see. The second thing they asked for, um, which has been a several year push, to allow sheriff deputies to operate radar detection 
devices while on patrol. Now, only two states, Mississippi and Pennsylvania, are the only two states in the, well, I know in the, I guess the contiguous 48 states, that do not allow sheriff to run radar. So anywhere you go, if you're in the county, Basically, the sheriff has to tell you in order to say, yeah, you're going this speed to be able to you know, write you a ticket. They cannot get you on radar. Uh, I think everybody that's been here long enough knows that. If you've ever driven county roads at night, you definitely know that they don't trust, uh, check for speed. So what they're trying to do is, again, every year they're asking, can we please let our sheriff run radar? There's 345 square miles in DeSoto County that are unincorporated, and deputies must patrol that area without radar equipment to enforce traffic speed laws. And so they, they want to see the sheriff's department in the counties of over, so we have over 150,000 people that live in counties uh, or, or in DeSoto County, and they want to be able to operate radar in those counties. So that's going to be a second push that they have for this legislative session. You know, Derek, this, this really affects the uh, good old boys oh. out there, for sure. <laughs> but look, that, that's why it's never passed. There's a lot of people, when, when, you know, oh. when this comes up, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, because most of counties in Mississippi are not incorporated. Correct. I mean, the cities are very small. Now, we, we have four larger cities, but, uh, you know, if you're talking about like Issaquina or these little small men, there's like maybe three or 4,000 people that live right. in town, everybody else in the county. They don't want that radar. No, they don't want radar. <laughs> I mean, literally, there are some counties in Mississippi. I mean, Barney Fife is the, is the yeah. lawman. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the truth. Um, the last one is uh, they want to uh, involve the required listing of legal advertising and public notices, which currently must be printed in a local newspaper publication. Mm-hmm. Well, we know where, where print newspapers are going. Correct. And so the, with the steadily dwindling numbers, the newspapers, they, they want to see the option of public notices being allowed on Internet-based publications that are seeing more numbers of readers or to the official county website. Can we pass? We no longer have to go to yes. print. We can be online, and if we're online, then we, you know it has to be at the county, and then maybe one other, you know, whatever online publication for some. Maybe at the UTW pocket, could, could sure. we qualify? Could they pay us for to, a fee? To we'll read? do just about yeah, anything. That's could, obvious. Could they? Could we read out the uh, five hundred word foreclosure notice on here and just uh, would, would people listen to that? Uh, anyway. the, the, look, these airways are for sale. <laughs> so at all uh, times. That they're going to ask for that to see if they can get that. Not not to be cold turkey. Let's start you know start on January second, but it'll like be a two or three year phase in to be allowed to publish that way. So again, not really projects because they kind of let the mayors do that, and they did a good job there. Both all five mayors of the, of the main towns and the, uh, the the mayors themselves. Interesting, Derek. I mean, good good for them to send down. Sends it definitely with their legislators to say, hey, guys, see what you can do about these. So, uh, you know, good job by the Board of Supervisors. We say it all the time. Derek and I praise this Soto County. We live in one of the best counties, if not the best county in Mississippi, for sure, uh, just from a quality of life standpoint and growth and people that are really, really pulling the rope in the same direction when it comes to uh, DeSoto County remaining uh, just a wonderful, wonderful place to live. So we really, really appreciate that. And part of that comes with you keeping your uh, property, keeping your homes or your commercial buildings looking a certain way. And if you're in need of help with that in the coming days, coming weeks, coming months, please reach out to William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, gate repair, fence repair, winter cleanups, soon-to-be spring cleanups, 
call Richard. No job too small, no job too large. If he can't help you with it, he will help you find somebody who can. Give him a call. He is the kind of guy that you want on your side. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Williams Lawn Services on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Call them today at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Or visit their office to see the DFDC difference. We continue to say it. They are the official dentist of the UTW podcast. Please consider making them yours. From the UTW Podcast, we certainly would like to wish Williams Lawn Services, DeSoto Family Dental Care, and Green King a wonderful Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Derek, based off the title of our show, Looking Back and Looking Forward, uh, obviously that talks about the last year here under the water tower for the UTW Podcast and the city as a whole. So let's look back real quick. Let's go all the way back to January and February. Uh, we were getting started coming out of the new year. Uh, Derek, 2021 was a huge year for elections. And for the podcast, we interviewed every single person that ran for a city election, which uh, was a lot of time. I think one of the one of the, one of the months we ended up doing around 13 shows. Yep. So kept us very busy. So Derek, what was your experience interviewing those people, interviewing the thing? What, what, what did you like about the UTW Podcast being part of the elections? Oh, I loved it. Uh, I think it gave, I think we got a lot of positive reviews. I think we got people, this was the only place they could hear from both candidates. We we're still hot and heavy in the middle of COVID. They were not having, I think the last time, the last election, you know, they had had stuff at the HPAC, been able to go in there and watch people on stage and having interviews and stuff like that. That was not done this time. And so we were really the only place where you could compare, you know, back-to-back listens uh, for the candidates. So I really enjoyed doing that. I mean, it was tough on us. I also, um, you know, was kind of we're still learning our, our interviewing skills of the way that we do things. We did split it up. I think there were only a couple that we did the mayors together uh, to try to be fair, but uh, everybody else we basically split up. And you know, I enjoyed meeting them. Uh, hey, it, hey, real quick, I'm sorry, John. When you say split up, you and I did them separately. Like right. you interviewed exactly right. We, yes. We interviewed them together. We, like we'd always, like there was two candidates. Like they were never in the room together. together. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's correct. They were never in the room together. They never heard the questions beforehand. Um, so every question we came, and what they knew, the, the new ones knew kind of what the general questions would be. But 
but uh, we were very, I, I thought we were fair. If we weren't, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh, but the uh, I, I enjoyed doing it, uh, and I think that it, it allowed me to know the candidates better. Sure, I agree. Of course, uh, so we, we would vote for mayor, the alderman at large, and, of course, Ward 3, and it very, uh, you know, doing that helped me to be more educated, and I hope that we educated people. So I really did enjoy that, but that was a very busy January through March for us. Oh, no doubt. We were sure for sure busy. And look, yeah, if you thought we were unfair, uh, please uh, email us so we can quickly delete that eight months later. I mean, my <laughs> gosh, if you're just now emailing us, you uh, if you have a problem with what we did eight months ago um, – yeah, that's going to go in the trash can. Yeah. So just simply well, saying, uh, no, we'll, we'll take it under. No, no, no. We'll read it and yeah. then put it in the trash can. So we prefer to be emailed about something we did within the first eight minutes versus <laughs> eight months ago. But uh, I've said this on the show several times. A gentleman talked to me that he listened to with a friend of his. He listened to the mayor interviews. Mm-hmm. And after listening to it twice, could not tell which way you and I were going to vote, which to me is very important. Mm-hmm. We want to give everybody here, look, Derek and I do this. It's a, it's a hobby for us, really. It's something that we enjoy. We started because we love Hernando, Mississippi, and we love praising the things that we do here. And, um, and look, we want to be fair. We want people to be welcome here uh, at the UTW podcast. Um, we feel like we do a pretty good job of asking questions, looking for information, sharing information, and, and not necessarily being an opportunity for somebody to come in and, um, you know, propaganda or anything like that, really. You know, that, that I think that's something we definitely pursue. So definitely looking back, the elections were one big part of the UTW podcast. And Derek, so we'll take it in sections. So city government, huge with elections uh, for, for the podcast in 21. Now, let's look forward to 2022. For me, I'll, I'll go first on this one. When I'm looking to the board, I think the board has come into uh, – come into its own. I think, uh, was that 12 to 14 meetings later or so they're starting to get their, their legs underneath them. Um, for 2021, something else, city government, we have a new parks director, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. We have a new planning director, which is a big deal. Both of those we would like to pursue. We plan to pursue and bring them on in the first two months of 2022 to talk about their visions for their department. So that's something we're definitely going to look into. So that's a big deal in the city of Fernando, having a new planning director. Uh, again, the planning director, previous planning director, um, sadly passed away December of 2019. And so we were left with a void for sure for uh, quite a while. So I think from what I can tell when I watch the YouTube videos, she does a pretty good job presenting. She, I mean, Having somebody running your department is so big, yep. and thank goodness we have that now. So look forward to meeting with her. Any other things that you can think of from 2021? Uh, big things that you can think of, well, city government yeah, The the board, of course, came in. That we did have five new elected. We right, talked true. about interviewing them. That the five new elected, as you said, they're getting looks like they're getting their their sea legs now. Uh, it did. It was a rough start. Yeah. Uh, other things, uh, I believe that the city. I mean, the sales tax continues to grow. Sure. I think a lot more people are shopping here. We've seen several new businesses come in. AWG still being built and other things but I think that we really were the first time this year we got the, the full amount of the principal Toyota tax uh, we're seeing a Starbucks come in we're getting a, getting a new Trustmark bank and as I said the AWG so a lot of new businesses coming in so a lot of things will, were approved this year I think that uh, we, you know, we talked about uh, you know streets are being paved now we're talked about now looking at getting you know tunnels improved so I think there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of momentum uh, I think that uh, City of Hernando like most cities have seen a, a drastic uh, improvement in their budgets or I guess more money in their budget because of both 
federal funds and also just from local sourced sales taxes, property taxes. And we know that the state you know, raised it 7% this year. So I think that it looks like they're allocating the money correctly so far. Uh, we'll, obviously, we'll continue to look at it and, and report to the listeners. Hopefully, everybody else is you know holding them to that. And uh, also the developments. Uh, we've seen a lot of developments approved. Now, not a lot of them have started. Uh, the ones on Bright Road have, uh, just up Bright Road, just off Jaybird uh, have. But uh, there's a lot of them in Hernando West we're still waiting on. Uh, the uh, Of course, the one on Getwell, which is just outside the city, has started. So, But not really any houses going up yet. We're still waiting on Hernando West. We're still waiting on Madison Lakes. So there's still a lot of growth to come. Uh, but we also saw several uh, approved this year. So, you know, just kind of see how that's going to affect Hernando going forward. You know, Derek, I'd be remiss. I for, forgot uh, a new city clerk which I think is a big deal. So the city clerk, again, maybe somebody we could interview, dig deeper into her job, what she does. Seems like a very nice lady. She came from the city of South Haven, which has a way bigger budget than the city of Fernando, has a more hustle and bustle business environment than the city of Fernando. But she brings her expertise to that. And I think she's done a really good job. From what I've heard or been told, she's doing a really good job. I think she came in uh, pretty aggressively. and was like, hey, the, the way we're doing POs and stuff like that maybe doesn't work or it's not conducive to how things should go. As Hernando has grown so much in the last 10, 15, 20 years, we need to grow with it with how we do things. What are the big boys doing? Let's pay attention to that and at least uh, you know do some of those. Also have a new city attorney, which we interviewed here on the UTW podcast, Mr. Stephen Pittman, uh, a friend of ours, a friend of the show for sure, and uh, you know doing a really good job and 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 present all the time mm-hmm. and accessible to the guys not saying the previous one was but uh you know steven is someone we know so we personally can ask those questions and then also i guess we can kind of wrap it up this way if you feel like the meetings for the city of fernando are not transparent uh, you're crazy yeah you can go or you can watch the best YouTube coverage mm-hmm. of a meeting. They have a camera on the board at all times, and they have a camera when someone walks up to that microphone, walks up to that podium, that you can watch and see who that is talking, what they're saying. It's right there. The coverage, Gia Matheny, I can't thank you enough. Really, really appreciate the the, the effort that the city is putting in now to be transparent and to be, um, you know, to cover it. It's 2021. You can sit on your couch and watch everything else. Why not watch your local government? And that's what you can do. So that's kind of a look back and a look forward. So look forward for me, Derek, 2022. I, I see continued growth in Hernando. I see the board continuing to get uh, better and, and just pay solid attention and do a good job of controlling growth, but control it in a classy, correct Good way. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that. Um, no elections coming up this year. Nope. Um, I'm really, again, Parks Director. I cannot wait to sit down with him. Uh, I see Parks going in a very interesting direction. Um, I've heard his organization skills are tremendous, which most people that deal with the Parks Department can appreciate that <laughs> for sure. And then, you know, the Planning Director, what does she see, the, that type of growth? I mean, she comes into – she's kind of from the outside but comes into Hernando, which Hernando can still be. I joked around the world the word good old boy earlier when it comes to the speeding around the counties and stuff like that. But some people might would argue that that still happens in Hernando. It'd be good for her to be a part of that from a standpoint of controlling that but using common sense for growth in Hernando. I think 2022 is going to be a heck of a year year for Hernando. Like you said, Trustmark being completed, 
Starbucks is going to be coming here pretty soon. Just continued growth. I guarantee you a hotel is going to be built in Hernando. The field house will be finished in 2022. Quarter, yeah. The field house on, uh, over by Mackinville, they have plans for a massive AAU basketball tournament in March. Yeah. That is planned. And when I say huge, I'm talking about ESPN level huge. Uh, and so we're talking about celebrity level huge. We're talking about celebrity level huge. So that's something to be paying attention to. So I think 2022 is going to be an awesome, awesome year for city government here in the city of Fernando. I, I agree. And I, I think that, Matt, we'll probably do uh, probably our one of our shows in January. I'd like for us to do what we did last year, maybe pick the maybe our five predictions, three to five predictions. So we're not going to do predictions yet. Uh, there's a couple I may go out on a limb on uh, that I would like to see happen. So we'll, we'll probably do maybe one or two state you know, predictions and then sure. one or two uh, local predictions. We'll come to the all of that with the first Maybe the second and the first one coming back is kind of tough, but maybe that second me, uh, second show, or maybe the first Tuesday after the Alderman meeting, uh, we'll we'll kind of sit down and give you our 2022 predictions. But I do predict growth. Uh, I do think that you'll see. Obviously, the subdivisions um, will be finishing up. Uh, love to see what those appraisals are going to come in. What <laughs> where those new construction appraisals are going to come in and see how that works. Uh, a lot of still going on with uh, you know with COVID. I don't think Mississippi as a whole. I mean, I think they've done very well through covid but once that federal money if it is dried up you know we know that the the bbb uh, the build back better plan that uh uh, President Biden was trying to do uh, does not look like right now it will pass. And so when that money is no longer coming in, what does that look like for the state uh, for and obviously trickle down to the city? So some of that stuff, but I think Mississippi is doing very, very well. So but the main thing is, how are they going to spend that four billion dollars they got? I think that's a huge thing we're going to have to look at for the first three months of the year. A lot of wrangling, a lot of arguing. Uh, also, you know, we'll be looking at marijuana. I mean, the people, 74 percent of the people won't. Uh, medical marijuana, will that get done? Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff to be looking at. And again, we'll come with our predictions when we come back next year. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be looking at a lot of that. So a lot of state stuff, uh, a lot of the money flows. I think it's very, very important. We're going to do the best job that we can to tell you how the state is spending that money. Yes. Because I think it's hugely important. And I don't think a lot of people here follow that because we don't get the, the state paper up here. I think that, uh, but there is a, a massive amount of money. And I mean, I think right now they said that of the PP, Matt, Matt uh, report came out this week that at least $100 billion was stolen uh, from the federal money that come out the last couple of years. $100 billion of the PPP money, uh, the uh, EIDL money, all that money that went out looks like at least $100 billion was basically stolen. Uh, I think people. that's I think that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that's I think that's three represents three percent of the five point four trillion. I mean, again, yes, three percent. Okay, well, yeah, you have two percent losses. Yeah, but when two percent's a hundred billion dollars, that's uh. So I think we're going to do the best that we can to. Now we're not going to get down in the weeds, but we're going to, have to give you as best we can. Talk with state senators about hey, how is this real being spent to make sure that Mississippi we've. We have messed up a lot in the past on spending money. There's been a lot of projects that have just been absolute, complete waste of money. And we'll let you know as best we can if that's being done at the state or the city level. So really looking forward to 2022. I'm really looking forward to just, uh, you know, I know that COVID is here. We, there was obviously a ramp up right now with Omicron. I do think that people are now starting to say, you know what, it's a cold. Um, it's a it's a it's a cold. It will well, be not here. even people. Derek, the South African doctors who discovered it, who have been on top of this from the beginning, five weeks, six weeks now, that saw it first. 
That's what they're saying. It's about 80% less. It's a cold. It's a cold. And so the Omicron. I mean, and, and you're now seeing New York Times articles. Yes. New York Times is a, a Which very, is not a right wing. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely on the uh, on the left wing side. They're even saying, hey, we got to learn to live with this. Yeah. But, and that's that's a huge step for everybody's mindset. It will be here. It's okay. Get your booster shots. Do what you need to do to think you know, what you think is safe you think, yeah. for your families. But I think 2022 will be the first quote unquote normal year we've had since 19 and i'm looking forward to it and that's something we can talk about in january like you mentioned some yep. predictions you know there may be times Derek, where we talk a little bit more about national politics on utw podcast maybe might be well, something I mean, we'll we have it in november we'll have right that's i mean a, it'll be a yeah. two-year election right for the house of representatives and some senators will be replaced so yeah i think that will be a, a huge part of our show in october november as much as COVID has been a part of America from 2020, Derek, it's hard to believe you and I have been doing this show now 136 episodes in. So we've probably done about 145 uh, shows because we didn't label the uh, you know Alderman shows right. as a number. We're 90 days away from two years ago, the world shutting down yep. and them saying just two weeks to stop the spread. <laughs> okay. Well, we've, I'm our, just saying. Our entire podcast has been during COVID. During, in, in the COVID area. Yeah, the entire podcast. We have never we, been in a podcast without COVID. And I've only done a show in a mask and a, a screen one time. <laughs> and that was, that was that Monday when you were coming back from that. But that, you know, we digress. Look, we have enjoyed so much. Uh, we look forward to predictions in January. We're going to talk a ton in January about uh, the city of Fernando. Big things coming up for 2022. I know for my personal stuff, my business uh, stuff that I'm really excited about 22, some major expansion plans I'm excited about. Uh, and I just want to say this before we uh, move on to our, our advertisers, uh, our second round of advertisers, which we definitely are so appreciative of. If you want 2022 to be your year, go do it. Go do it. If you want to start a business, go do it. If you want to leave your job and go to another one, go do it. If COVID has showed us anything, time is precious. You know, Derek, you and I both know people that have been highly affected by this. We know people roughly our age that are not here with us anymore. Uh, due to COVID, uh, and and you know, so it's it's 2022. If you want it to be your year, go go take it, go seize it, uh, and and make it be the best year ever. So we hope to do that here with the podcast, and we hope that you will continue, even if you're going out and uh, pursuing millions of dollars or whatever your new life in 2022. We hope you'd be uh you know include us in that uh, and still listen to us. And Derek, speaking of someone who has been with us uh, almost from the, from from day one, uh, Mr. Sam Lauderdale, early on with the UTW podcast, uh, decided to uh, invest in us, advertise with us. We really, really appreciate Mr. Sam. In 2022, Mr. Sam has an opportunity to pair up with State Farm Corporation or State Farm from the top, uh, invest some advertising money there. Uh, that uh, you know, maybe some matching funds, some different things. Really feels like a State Farm advertising opportunity has come up, and he's going to definitely seize on that. So we really. really Really appreciate the months and months that he invested in us. Definitely no way to, to say thank you enough for what he invested in when it comes to the UTW podcast. So, Mr. Sam, from Derek, from myself, we really, really appreciate it. And for you, Lauderdale Insurance Agency is your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, auto, home, or your business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, 
Angie or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Again, on Facebook, Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Mr. Sam, on behalf of Derek and myself, we really, really appreciate your investment in the UTW podcast for the previous months and months. Thank you so much for uh, believing in us. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. North Point will be hosting their first open house of the 2022 year on Sunday, January 9th at 2 p.m. Again, Sunday, January 9th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. It may be a little bit too late to plan your travel uh, plans with a van for this particular holiday season, but please, please, please know that Mobile Car and Van Rental is open in Hernando, Mississippi. Mobile Car and Van Rental is the only car rental location in Hernando specializing in cars, pickup trucks, passenger vans, and cargo vans. Mobile Car and Van Rental is ready to serve you anytime you need us. Give Megan, our manager, a call at 662-469-4555. Mobile Car and Van Rental is located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce. Big expansion plans possibly for them. Really looking forward to a wonderful 2022. Thank you for 2021 being our best year yet. We really, really appreciate the UTW Podcast listeners and also appreciate Hernando for sure. Again, the time may have passed for travel right now for a car, but if you need us in 2022, we will definitely be ready. 662-469-4555. want to take this time to thank North Point Christian School, Lauderdale Insurance for the last time. Thank you, Mr. Sam, and also Mobile Car and Van Rental for believing in the UTW podcast, and we wish you a wonderful Merry Christmas. Well, Derek, soccer is uh, over, basically, not happening right now. But we do have a little bit of sports still going on. Of course, I'm speaking about basketball. Basketball's played some games, going to play more games during the Christmas holidays. Tell us about basketball for our three schools, North Point, Lewisburg, and Hernando. North Point is off. They will not play again until the uh, Fayette Academy basketball tournament on the 27th and 28th of next week. So we will talk about them when we come back. Uh, from our break, uh, the week of January 4th. That's the boys uh, and girls play both in that tournament. Boys, Yeah, boys and girls play both play in that tournament, the 27th and 28th in, at Fayette Academy in Fayette, Tennessee. The uh, girls need a rebound from the winter formal disaster? Yes, they do. They've got uh, their tail the, ends the, kicked. <laughs> I mean, the, totally the boys did end the break with a win uh, and both hoping to do well. I, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's like a championship-type tournament. Sure. I think it's kind of a round-robin tournament. They play two or three games. Right. Uh, so we'll see how they do. But Lewisburg and Hernando both have played this week uh, and, and will also play next week, which will – mention in just a moment but we'll start with the Lewisburg girls uh both the boys and the girls played uh, Lafayette uh, out of Oxford uh both of them uh, unfortunately ended up with losses uh the girls lost 45 to 42 very close game uh, Laney Moss scored 12 points and Allison Irby added 11 points in that 45 to 42 loss uh, at Lafayette and so you know that was a, a tough way to enter the uh the Christmas break I mean they will be playing next week uh, as they host Lake Cormorant, 
South Haven, and H.W. Byers in the Holiday Hoops Classic, which will take place next Wednesday and Thursday. Wow. So the girls will be back in play next Wednesday and Thursday. Lewisburg boys, of course, also lost to Lafayette uh, 60-41. to Hayden Drumright was Lewisburg's leading scorer with 14 points in the Patriots' 60-41 loss. Uh, they also, again, will be hosting that tournament, uh, welcoming in Lake Cormorant, South Haven, and H.W. Byers. So tough loss heading into the break, kind of a, a bad taste in your mouth. I'm sure the coaches uh, you know, don't like to see that going into about a week-long break, uh, but they'll be back at it not too far before the end of the year, still have a, a chance to end their year well, end the calendar year well, uh, by, by have, hosting that tournament next Wednesday and Thursday. And we'll bring that to you on our Tuesday, January 4th show. I would bet there's going to be some really neat tournaments, maybe high school related, uh, at the Fieldhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Man, <laughs> That's man, my prediction. That's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Next, next Christmas time. I can't wait. That week after. Do you know if he's put, has he put our new studio there? Has Greg put our no, new studio? We need to, we need, we need to get with them. I mean, I that. would venture to say the Fieldhouse may exist because of the uh, UTW podcast, <laughs> partially. Uh, but I'm just, you know, broom closet, simple broom closet. Actually, oh, uh, Closet oversees all the fee, all the uh, the things. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be very nice. Yeah, it's, and have a, a, a standing. You know, every coach after a, the winning coach has to come in to get a quick interview on the way out the door. Something That's, like that. that. You're committing us to way too much. <laughs> All right, next uh, we'll come to Hernando. So uh, Hernando girls actually played two games. They did. Uh, they played two games. Everybody else played one. They played two games this week. The first, Hernando led again in scoring by Abby Harrison and Demaya Cummings, took a 20-10 to 10 lead inter- intermission break against Kasuth. Matt, in the FedEx Forum. In the FedEx Forum, Derek. I they saw were that. able to play in the FedEx Forum. Now, there was one last week. I think Carrieville and Olive Branch played there last week. Uh, but Hernando was able to play it on Monday night in the FedEx Forum. Again, uh, playing Kossuth. So, 20-10 to 10 at halftime. Cummings had nine of her game-high 17 points in the first half. And Harrison scored seven in the opening half on her way to a 16-point afternoon. Uh, however, the 10-point halftime lead shrank as the third quarter continued. Kasuth trailed by 31 to 25 after three quarters and got within one point, 37 to 36 in the final frame before Hernando went on a 6-0 run and pulled away to win the game 43 to 36. So again, a great win for the Hernando girls in the FedEx Forum. What are you? What just a great unique experience. I was going to say just a unique experience to be able to. The state of Louisiana does their. Um, state championships in the Superdome. Yeah. So just to be able to play in the FedEx Forum, play in a, an arena like that is uh, pretty neat. So congratulations to Hernando. What did they do the next day? On the next day, so on Tuesday night, they played the second game of the week. The game got away from the Lady Tigers Uh-oh. pretty quickly. Uh, they played at Pontotoc, Matt, lost 68-19. to 19. Okay. At any point, was there a single quarter that they didn't score a point? You know what I'm no, referencing. No, no, no. They, they, they did <laughs> the score. The by the Lady They Trojans did score in every quarter, uh, that, but they were all still only, unfortunately, only able to score 19 points. Mm, Pontotop, very, very tough team. That's a murder. Very tough team. So not really any highlights from this game. We did not get any uh, any scoring leaders from this game. Burn the film. Burn uh, the film. T- t- that's a tough loss heading under the break. The girls will be at it again next week, taping, taking place in the New Hope Tournament starting on December 29th. So they'll, they're going down to New Hope, Mississippi, and playing in the New Hope Tournament on December 29th. And then finally, the Hernando boys, they had one game. They played one game since our last show. They also traveled down to Pontotoc to take on the Warriors. The result was not as bad as the girls' game, but the Warriors still got a convincing win, 62-36. to 
Uh, so again, um, just uh, not a, a good not way good. to end uh, in the uh, the Christmas break, or I guess to start the Christmas break for the boys. The boys will take place in a different tournament next week. They're playing in the Magnolia Heights Invitational starting on December 28th. So again, we've got North Point going to Fayette Academy. You've got Lewisburg boys and girls going. I mean, hosting hosting, yeah. hosting a tournament. You've got the Hernando girls going to New Hope. And the Hernando boys going to Magnolia Heights for tournaments next week. And uh, they're just trying to get some games, two, three, uh, maybe four games, but definitely two or three games mm-hmm. uh, before district starts. So, I mean, That's you know, right. really, really good. I mean, uh, my hometown hosts a holiday invitational, um, which is, you know, always a big thing, great money maker for the school. So, good luck to Lewisburg as they host for sure. And all the teams traveling, uh, you know, over the holidays, pray for everybody's safety first and foremost, but just a wonderful, wonderful experience to get to play a team sport. Good luck to everybody after Christmas uh, as they continue to play and add games to their schedule. We really, really look forward to that. And we all, we'll be turning to district when we come back. To our show next year. Uh, once we get the new year started, Derek, it turns to district for soccer as well. Soccer will be back when we start back in January. I know the Hernando Tigers and Lady Tigers play on the fourth and the sixth, so we'll have plenty of games to cover. Look forward to that. We appreciate y'all tuning in for uh, you know high school sports coverage as we shine a light on these young people and what they go out there and uh, really bust their tails to do mm-hmm. when it comes to these sports. Really, really appreciate it. Look, if you've enjoyed the UTW podcast in 2021, we cannot thank you enough for listening. Please, please, please continue to share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Let people know what we're doing, what we're talking about on the UTW podcast. We really, really appreciate it, and that's how we're going to continue to grow. If you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you can hear our voice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever your podcast provider is, give us that five-star review so it can help us continue to move up when it comes to local podcast. If you enjoy our show, definitely want you to want to encourage you to find OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. OB Pod releases a show on Monday mornings talking all about the eastern side of DeSoto County, covering Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill. Those schools are who they uh, have chosen to cover. And uh, Derek and I would definitely like to wish Zach and Cash, friends of ours, a uh, well-deserved Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the UTW Podcast. You're probably listening to this on Christmas Eve. We want to encourage you, visit a local church for Christmas Eve. The services typically are very heartfelt, and uh, at least Hernando United Methodist Church, our schedule is fairly simple. Three o'clock is going to be a family service, so if you have, maybe you have a toddler or a a baby that, um, uh, let's just say, you know, is finding her voice, you know, (laughs) that may be, the three o'clock service may be what you want to attend. Four o'clock and six o'clock will be our normal Christmas Eve services that uh, I'll just tease it as this, you will really enjoy the ending of our Christmas, our Christmas Eve service. About my favorite service of the year. Absolutely. Four o'clock and six o'clock on Christmas Eve, Hernando United Methodist Church. Please visit a church. Check their websites, check their Facebook pages to see what their Sundays look like. I know for Hernando Methodist, combined services on the 26th and January 2nd. 10 o'clock in the morning. That's 10 a.m. on the 26th and on the 2nd there in the sanctuary, but they will still be having church. So we want to encourage you to visit a local church. Well, Derek, it has been a heck of a 2022. I love you, my friend. We've been friends for such a long time. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Thank you for tolerating me, uh, for sure. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you fighting back from COVID last week, man. Oh, I, it's, the fact the that flu. you're here the flu. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly amazing. Listeners, we love you. We really appreciate a wonderful 2021, and we look forward to 2022. You know, Derek, as we sign off for Christmas, I I will say this. Do not forget, I know it's cliche, the reason for the season. The reason we are all here 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus came in a manger to be a savior for all of us. And that's why we're here. And uh, just, I can't say it enough. Um, Please, please, please focus on the true reason for Christmas. We love you. And we'll see you in 2022. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us in 2022 under the water tower.